Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. On this week's episode of Barbecue and Sex, we have a special guest with us, Gabriel from the Spice and Tea Exchange. He's going to give us a lowdown on the seasons. He's actually the gentleman that when we go to the Spice and Tea Exchange to learn about our spices, if he's not there, we're not buying. We're coming back another day. Uh, I'm your host, Rod Simmons. Again, joined by my co-host, Chris Ashley, and I've already mentioned Gabriel. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing good. I'm doing great, my man. I'm feeling good. My man, appreciate you coming on. We've been working on getting you getting you on here for a long time. Um, I think we've mentioned this store a couple of times on a few different episodes, and this is the spot we go to when we want to buy rubs. Uh, sorry, when we want to buy our own seasonings, develop our own rubs. You know, like my black pepper, I always get from here. So uh, really appreciate Gabriel coming on here, man. The the Renaissance man of uh, of cooking and and seasonings and spice itself, right? Hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I definitely appreciate that. that that's, that's how I like to, uh, how I like to come up. <laughs> so I, I know when we were talking, you mentioned that you also do like your own, uh, uh, marijuana strains and blends and stuff like that, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm a, a cannabis coach and educator here in the state of Maryland. So I do a lot for potential dispensary patients as well as uh, cannabis consumers uh, to understand exactly what they're getting themselves into, uh, not only with the plant, but in the culinary realm too. So folks, who want to add a different kind of uh, flavor presentation. They can add a specific strain. If they want to just feel a specific way for a specific amount of time, they can utilize a specific strain or concentrate inside of their food. So I do all kinds of stuff. That's what that's what I find super interesting. And, so and before anybody wonders, it's legal in the state of Maryland. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it not, is. A lot of states it's not, but it's it's been, it was legalized, I think, July this year. Yeah, yeah legalized July. recreational for adult use. Yes, sir. Yeah. So which came first? Is it the interest in the seasoning and the herbs or was it the uh, marijuana uh, <laughs> well, education? Well, as far as uh, uh, that's go, uh, that goes, I, I, I love food. I grew up overseas. Uh, I grew up uh, seeing uh, outdoor spice markets, seeing uh, spice markets that were in covered uh literally like covered malls that were open. So you could get what you needed. You could smell everything that you were going to purchase beforehand. You'd see the freshness of things. You'd see dried out products. So smelling all of that and seeing all of that and just being around it consistently, it it just piqued my interest vastly. So uh, I try to mimic that every time I I make seasonings or every time I'm trying to recreate some sort of flavor or feeling from where I was. What countries or countries did you grow up in? I was in Okinawa, Japan for seven years. Uh, those are my more formative years, uh, teenage all the way to uh, 18. Uh, I was in Seoul, South Korea for eight years. I moved there when I was six months old, stayed there till the age of six. I was in Kaiserslautern in Ansbach, Germany for about three years, uh, give it about two, two years and change, uh, and spent time in Crete, um, Thailand. I've been, I've been all over the place. So military kid, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Father was uh, a retired Air Force. 
Yeah, right. some of the places you dropped, I was like, "All oh, right, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a." Uh, a we US have a friend that was in some of those spots as well. Yeah, so yeah. it it kind of lined up. Very cool, very cool. And I always like the fact that, uh, like for myself, I think part of the reason why I do a pretty decent job making barbecue is the fact that my cooking is influenced by my mother, who is Jamaican. God. And so being able to kind of, and that's, you know, one of the things we'll talk about a little bit later when I was in there uh, a week ago. Um, so when uh, is, the, you know, most people that think about leveraging marijuana for cooking, uh, it's it's generally around the brownies and the cookies. Is, yeah. is there an aspect of it for like, you know, things like barbecue and, you know, and like uh, regular foods as well? Yes, I'm most, just most definitely. Most definitely. So uh, a lot of folks like to do the, the 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 baked goods because they're quick, easy, and they're sweet. People can just you know take them in real, real easy. You can buy a brownie mix from the store rather than having to throw something together from scratch. However, uh, I mean, you you've seen those shows like Cooking with Cannabis, and uh, uh, there, there, there's another one that was on Vice for some time. Uh, but you can definitely infuse food with all kinds of cannabis products, whether those are uh, water soluble uh, CBD or THC extracts that you can just throw into anything and it'll absorb. You can do oils. You can go ahead and baste your meats with such. You can infuse your salts with cannabis leaf. You can do a bunch of things. You can use the entire plants, not just about the bud. So it's really based on the kind of flavor you're looking for as well as experience. And that'll lead you to what strain or what type of product you want to use. And what so and so that was my going to be my next question is what type of flavor profile do you generally try can you generally develop and it went on to this is a topic I'd like to do uh, mm-hmm. on a, on another visit but uh, I'm just curious uh, what type of flavor like like if I'm doing like a brisket and I I grab some you know which I usually tend to do a bit of a savory you know salt and pepper so that like a peppery. Mm-hmm. Uh, type of feel. So I assume there's a strain that could kind of add or enhance that peppery very much flavor. So. Very much so. If you like that pepper and you enjoy uh, uh, that, that, that that spice, any strain that has a high uh, content of what's called osamine, which is a terpene that's found heavily in black pepper, it's going to be quite alerting, quite focusing. If you have a strain that's high in that, you're going to achieve not only that flavor profile, but you're going to achieve more depth because cannabis, of course, has its own unique characteristics. You could right. also use a strain that is high in a terpene called humulene, alpha humulene. It also goes by alpha caryophyllene. That is very, 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 very hop-like. It's very spicy, but fruity at the same time. It's deep and flavorful. It adds almost a a, a funky mango kind of character to whatever it is that you're cooking or what you're smoking or eating. So you can add that strain or that concentrate into whatever it is you're cooking and boom, beef up not only the therapeutic quality, but add more depth to the flavor. Very, very cool. Definitely going to have to broach that topic um, again. Um, so, you know, my favorite thing about this store is that the, the ingredients are always so fresh when I make any type of rub, whether it's just maybe it's just a 50 50 salt and pepper ver- or, or um, cause the one thing I always find is when I buy an all purpose, uh, seasoning, I really like, um, uh, killer hogs and we get that from our uh, favorite barbecue store, Mason Dixon. Uh, barbecue uh, local to us so and folks remember if you you know help us out with our partnership with them that we're trying to develop if you go to mason dixon order something take a picture of it uh send it to us uh leave a leave a, a message on there that you we sent you um so we can help um develop a partnership but 
one of the things I always like to do when I get a rub from them um, is I add more pepper. I never, for my taste and uh, likings, I never find it has a, a, enough pepper on it. So I usually go to you guys, grab some pepper, grind it up in my uh, specific uh, coffee grinder, and then put it out there. But um, taking a step back, and I don't think a lot of people really realize how dry seasonings are created in the first place. Can you kind of walk through what the process is? So uh, as far as dry seasonings go, you want to uh, you want to start with your bases. So if you're thinking about, let's say, uh, your barbecue rub, what kind of base are you looking for in terms of your barbecue rub? Do you want a pepper base? Do you want a paprika base? Do you want a garlic base? Do you want an onion base? So once you figure out what base and what main flavor you want out of such, then you can go on a spree and figure out all of those small flavors that you want to introduce and what quantities so that it hits your palate in a a timetable. So if you want a big garlic presentation inside of your rub, of course, you're going to add more garlic than not. If you want something cooling and you want something a bit spicy, you can add some scotch bonnet into that. It's going to be spicy. It has a bit of a clove character on the back end of the flavor profile. So just just generally, it's about understanding how you want to approach the, the, the rub, what flavors you want to stand out, and what flavors you want to kind of sit in the background. And how you do that is start tasting things. See what hits your palate heavy. See what hits your palate lightly. And then you can really then dictate how much of that, uh, that, that spice you want to go ahead and throw in. I use my scent, or excuse me, I use my sense of smell. I use my hands to measure things because your body knows what it needs. Your body knows what it's looking for. And as far as measurements go, you can always figure out through the palm of your hand. So I, I know that was a bit much, but that's, that's how I tend to go about no, things. No, that's figuring perfect. out the base and, and, and how I can, uh, reach those satellites in terms of flavor with what I'm adding in. And and before that, what do you guys use to to create the dry? So because obviously you know you get a, a a pepper in, so you might have like you guys have some very unique uh, seasonings there. And so like you get like a red pepper there. Um, how how do you guys get it to the point where you can put it in a bag and make it in a dry seasoning? So uh, we get the red pepper uh, from the mother store, which is out in St. Augustine in Florida. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. of the products we have to grind up. Some of the products we have to mix up ourselves. So what we'll go ahead and do is just get the products in, uh, go ahead and check in the back to see what needs to be refilled and restocked. Uh, As far Mm -hmm. as the blends are concerned, we'll go ahead and get those guys. We'll get the freshest ingredients that we have in. Nothing is older than three weeks from harvest, drying to delivery. So we have. Okay, hold on right there. Gotcha. So that's that's awesome to hear. And I would definitely want to delve on that. So how do you guys dry it in the first place? Uh, it's either it's either processed uh, through through machine drying. So like in an oven or in certain products can be left out in the sun on sun dried uh, beds to go ahead and do such. Uh, or the individuals that we get the spices from that we source them, those will already come processed from their location and we just get. It okay. So just a, any like a any typical dehydrator would work. Do you have one or, that you yeah. that you like? I don't, yeah, I don't right. have a dehydrator at home. I tend to, I, I make racks, I get chicken wire and I'll make a frame out of such uh-huh. and I'll get whatever it is that I'm going to dry and I'll sit it there for three to five weeks and then I'll blend everything. So you'll just air dry it yep. um, out in the open. Yep. Okay. So, so there's three different methods, Rod, to drying yep. food. I and mean, this is something we might have to experiment with. So you can just get, you know, we can make a makeshift rack, mm-hmm. tie something up and just let it air dry over a few weeks. Um, we could grab a dehydrator 
and uh, put it in the dehydrator. Is, is there uh well, I'll ask you this in a second. And then I think when I spoke to you the other day, there was even the option to uh, low, really low temperature in the oven. Of course, of course. And the oven is always going to be, it, it, it's, it's really my last, my last bet because you're going to lose a lot more of those volatile oils. Plus what you've been cooking inside of the oven is going to get into whatever it is that you put inside of it. So if you don't have mm. a clean oven and let's say right. you made some ribs in the oven the night before, your pepper or whatever it is you're dehydrating is going to smell and taste like ribs. Interesting. Interesting. So, so be careful. oven, last resort, mm-hmm. but viable. Yes. Dehydrator versus air dry. Is there any difference in flavor between the two? Uh, dehydrator is going to, of course, be quicker. You can control the temperature. So it really you can get as much flavor or as much dryness out of it that you need. Uh, air okay. drying for me is just it's it's just it's a lot. It's a lot older of a technique. I'd much rather do that. Plus, it makes my house smell good. So why not? Okay, so um, so when you, you grab a dehydrator, and so what is the difference then when you do like like a low like for example the difference in product that comes out when you do it you know higher heat faster and then lower heat slower what what what's the difference? So higher heat faster is going to get rid of a lot more of those more delicate volatile oils that are present inside of whatever you're de- dehydrating. So let's say you like those small characters of uh, those floral characters of uh, fresh telecherry, a fresh black pepper. You're going to lose that if you put it in the dehydrator and do it at too high of a temperature for too long of a period. If you want to maintain more of that flavor profile, more of the integrity of the plant when it was alive, per se, you're going to go ahead and dehydrate over a low temperature over a very long period of time. That way you're maintaining those more volatile oils, not burning them off. And you're, uh-huh. you're maintaining a lot more of that flavor and the integrity of the product. Interesting. Interesting. Brad, do you got anything? Got a question? No, no. I, I was oh, going to okay. ask a question a while ago, but you were on the I roll, kept. So. I realized I was just I, like, I'm so into this conversation. I was like, I'm cutting my boy out. So let me make sure because I have tons more questions, but I want to make sure you jump in. So I'm going to go back like 20 minutes when Chris <laughs> just didn't keep running. Um, you mentioned something about um, if you like something with pepper forward or if you like garlic as you're going through, if you wanted some heat, you could put like a scotch bonnet. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with someone who says, they? I like heat, but I don't like heat that sits. Like there's, there's the, where it's super high in capsaicin. So like Mm -hmm. essentially my mouth feels like it's going to burn off and I feel like I can never get rid of the heat. Mm -hmm. Some people just aren't into that, but others might say, and I, I always, I don't like using this, but some people will say if I eat wasabi, it kind of gives you that pop Mm -hmm. and then it goes away. It's a sharp, it's a sharp Enjoy the food. Yeah. Yeah, I want something that hits and goes away. Like what would you recommend for somebody who's in that kind of profile where they like some heat to a dish, but they don't want, you know, uh, ghost peppers. So so the flavor I really enjoy, especially within barbecue is ancho chili pepper. It's going to be smoky. Like Chipotle is without all of that heat. It's going to be savory. It's going to be deep without all of that heat. So you can still get that flavor profile of that pepper that you're looking for without any of that heat. Or you could always get the ancho with an extremely small amount of a hotter pepper. That way you do have that flavor profile, but you don't have as much of the heat as you would if you were to use that hotter pepper as the pepper, the main pepper inside of your dish. So you can always just sprinkle small things in to get a bit of that flavor without a ton of the heat. I I always try to get people to do that because I experience so many people that come into the shop talking about, you know, my husband or my wife loves food. 
but they can't handle black pepper. And I'm like, oh God, okay. So, <laughs> so where do we go from here? What are we doing? <laughs> You're in the wrong place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm over here talking about making, making mango habanero pineapple lollipops. And they're like, I can't do black or white pepper. <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, yeah. I have a, I have a friend's mom who like, who's like, yeah, black peppers has, has always been too hot. So they're like, yeah, can you make one without any <laughs> seasoning on it? And it's like, I can try. I, I just personally cannot do that. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what would be a great thing to do for people who who do say such. White pepper yeah. doesn't have nearly the spice content that black pepper does. It has a briny kind of like seafaring character to it too. So you mm-hmm. could always just, if you have a dehydrator, I'm not saying that everybody does, but if you do and you want to experience flavor without the heat, just dehydrate the white pepper even more on a high heat for like 30 minutes, and boom, mm-hmm. you're going to get rid of more of the the aspects that could impact you in a negative fashion, but still maintain the flavors you're looking for. So that dehydrator can come in key if you're looking to get away from certain things. So white pepper, less heat, mm-hmm. still uh, familiar flavor. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Because uh, I know when I, one of the first restaurants I ever cooked at, we always used white pepper as our, um, as opposed to regular black or grinding up black pepper, which yep. would uh, kind of leads me into my next uh question now rod and i i actually learned this from rod uh believe it or not folks but uh you know i actually have shots shots <laughs> all day right, shots. <laughs> uh, I, I have a dedicated coffee grinder as my grinder for my for my seasonings and then i ended up getting one for uh, christmas from my wife and daughter so now i have one that i use exclusively for black pepper and then all any other stuff that i want to kind of grind up together i, I use the other one for do you have, is there any issue using a coffee grinder is that typical is there a, a better grinder out there to use uh for for doing that if people want to just get started and try some things and really get associated with blending, you don't need anything fancy. The coffee grinder is perfect. It has a blade. It spins. It's going to mash stuff up and, and get it nice and fine. So you're good in that realm. But if you want to have a bit more uh, variety in which you're not only able to grind up, but able to clean up and not get a lot of that funk from what you were grinding up, staying into what you're about to grind up, you're going to want a, a more professional uh, grinder. Uh, Craftsman produces a bunch of them. Uh, you can always go online and look for Craftsman uh, uh, spice grinders and find the more industrial ones that they use in restaurants or that they use in, in, in uh, commercial applications. And that'd be perfect. They're about nope. like 60, 70 bucks. What's your feel on the mortise and pestle? Uh, I'd much or- rather do that. <laughs> oh, really? I'm an old style cat, man. For real, I, I like. I really enjoy doing everything by hand. I, I have a 25 pound mortar and pestle upstairs in my kitchen. It's it's wow. huge. It's about that thick, about that big. It's 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 big. So I can so it's, beat it's up like when you see. Um, I, I can't even remember the dish, but I know they like kind of take like either plantains or banana, yep. put it in the yep. bottom, and you're like kind of you mm-hmm. see the person with you're making dumplings, slamming yeah. and hammering it down to get that. Um, I guess consistency or texture of totally. like uh, for whatever you're making, but they usually start with the seasonings in there, dump them out, and then start getting mm-hmm. other things in there. You're yes, not sir. like the little handheld mortar and pestle because I think the problem is the bowl is too too short from the like the the on the the walls as you're, especially like black pepper. If you're trying to break that down, you get peppers all over the place yeah. flying out. You gotta have your hand yeah, over having one of those nice ones. 
Say that again. I said you have to have your hand over the little one when you're mashing the yeah. stuff in. Yeah. It's craziness. But yeah, I totally understand. It's- totally understand. Those those guys are more yeah. novel. They're they're more for for uh, folks to purchase to be like, hey, look, I have a mortar and pestle. Really has no application <laughs> outside of if you're putting basil in there or if you're putting some sort of loose leaf in there, and then you're grinding yeah. that up. That's perfect because you're not going to get any any discharge, so to speak. But anything bigger, you need something more heavy to beat it down with, and you need higher walls because you're not just smashing it. You're smashing and you're rotating and you're going up and down and up and down and beating going yeah. up and down. So it's a whole process. Those smaller ones just can't get done. Makes perfect sense. So, you know, you guys also make your own rubs. Um, yeah. You have a bunch of them there. You had a, a barbecue rub that I tried, which I, I enjoyed. Now, my <laughs> it, it it's funny that I've been toiling with this process for probably the better part of three years um, which is I have been trying to find like the perfect infusion with my heritage um, with my Jamaican heritage into my barbecue and so I've made all types of uh, jerk smoked ribs I've done jerk smoked briskets I've done pulled jerk pork Mm -hmm. Um, then I've done combinations like some barbecue rubs with the jerk and and Everything has been good, but it hasn't been perfect. And when I say perfect, I mean temperature has got to be perfect. The it could, the texture of the food has to be perfect on, and that's texture on the inside yep. and the outside. And so, for years, I have an awesome jerk rub that I make um, that I actually got from a friend, and then just completely you know broke it apart and put it back together to what I like. Um, and it's great. And I've been using that wet rub for quite some time. But of course, when anytime you use a wet rub and you're relying on a wet rub, you don't get the bark that you typically would experience. And I don't know why it took me so long to attempt this, but, uh, I, and I, I actually, I, I think I kind of do now that I think about it. Pretty much most jerk rubs that I have purchased that are dry, mm-hmm. I just don't find them to be very good. They're no, okay. They're not. And but they're not great. They don't remind me of my wet rub whatsoever. And so finally, I decided. And why, hey dummy, why don't you just make your own attempt to make your own dry jerk rub? And that's what right. brought me brought me in the other day. And uh, I uh, did some uh, this weekend. I did. Uh, I made the rub after I left there. Gotcha. Uh, and I and I did uh, some. Uh, I got some, a bunch of thighs, seasoned up the thighs, and I did some, uh, ribs. And I'm going to tell you that it was awesome. Yep. Absolutely awesome. I mean, I was like 90% there right on my first try. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so this is going to lead us in a couple of conversations. You know, when people are making their own rubs, what is like some of the biggest mistakes you see people make when they, when they do that? Overdoing. Uh, spices that have a lot bigger of a flavor than they expect. So things like clove and nutmeg and cinnamon, if you're making a jerk rub, those things are going to be present inside of such. In minute mm-hmm. quantities, because you're trying to cool off the heat from the scotch bonnet, but also complement that flavor profile of the rest of the peppers that are present. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, <sighs> if, if people want to, uh, understand why their dry rub, it, 
You know what? You, you must excuse me. My, my brain is, is going a million miles a minute. Would you would you would you ask that question one more time? My apologies. Yeah. So, no, you're right on the right track. And, and, you know, essentially, you know, a lot of people attempt to make their dry rubs. And one of my biggest uh, tips on this show that Rod and I give is like, don't worry about making your own dry rub. There are people who spend millions of dollars of research making rubs. Mm-hmm. You know why? Uh, you know, why worry about trying to figure out how to make a rub when you can more concentrate on a barbecue, but inevitably, you know, people want to get down that path. So what, so I was trying to help folks jumpstart folks down that path and eliminate mistakes. So you were pointing out some of the mistakes, which is, you know, and one of the things you mentioned earlier was tasting Mm -hmm. the seasonings uh, first. So I think that's the perfect compliment your answer here perfectly, which is putting in flavors that have a bigger presence you know, than, than they would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's so that, when, when I see, when I see people making their rubs, I see people going off the deep end. Uh, when I had said earlier on, find out what your base is. Uh, a lot of people will find out what that base is and want to keep that flavor throughout the rub all while they're adding in other spices. So if I don't taste the garlic anymore, oh, something must be wrong. No, if I don't taste the peppers anymore, something must be wrong. No, you're not looking for a one note blend. You're looking for something that is going to hit all of those profiles that you're looking for. So folks tend to get stuck on an ingredient or they get stuck on certain ingredients rather than experiencing the entire blend. So my biggest piece of advice would be while you're adding things in, have a little eighth teaspoon with you and pop it in your mouth and just let it sit for a minute and see exactly what's going on. See what flavors are present. See which ones are not see which ones you want to get more of, see which ones you may want to take out the next time you make a rub or overpower with another flavor that you like more. So it's really your preference. People tend to go with what they see and what they like online. No, it's your preference. Like I said, I weigh things out with my hands because when I see a quarter of a cup here or an eighth of a tablespoon here, whatever the hell, I don't, I don't like that. I don't. I want to see what I have in my hands. I want to smell what I'm doing. I want to put it in and mix it up. And okay, do I need more? How much do I need? Let me feel it out. A lot of people may be like, okay, I I don't know how to feel it out. Well, you got to start somewhere. Start with those base ingredients. Start tasting things. Really start getting your mind geared towards how you want that flavor to turn out. It's easier said, excuse me, it's easier done and then it is explained. All you got to do is put right. the spices in your hand and eat. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah, and that's another thing we try to encourage our listeners to do is just, just experiment. I mean, 
And, and you know, it's one of the reasons why I had so much trouble when I cook something, get, you send a picture or something. And, and the first response I get is recipe. Yeah, like, uh, two, like, sorry. two years, <laughs> two years of experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, oh, here, give it to me in five minutes. And, and you know, it, this is my, this podcast has been my therapy to kind of get over some of that, uh, feeling and actually start sharing processes and stuff like that because it's, you know, it, Rod, Rod's, I've known Rod here since we were five years old. You know, hey, we've been friends for back, 40, 45 years. And I even, you know, he's like, Hey, how do you make this? And I, my initial cringe is like, yeah. go figure it out. And yeah, then it's like, no, 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 here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I've gotten better with it, uh, significantly, but, uh, it, it's just kind of working through that stuff. So that's very, very cool. So then, um, I, and the other thing is, Rod, I, you know, when we taste seasonings, I don't actually let it sit. I kind of just taste it and get my initial reaction and move on. Do you, do you find yourself, do you think about it? Do you do the same thing or do you, because when he mentioned it, I kind of just like, oh my God, I don't really let it sit and kind of, you know, enjoy all the notes. You're on mute, buddy. You're on mute. Rod, you're on mute. Okay. Yep, I'm an idiot. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I would probably argue to say I I probably don't let it sit long enough, but I would also say I tend to go back. I'll taste it. Oh, then I'm like, you know, all right, let me taste that again. This is what I liked. So I I will say that typically, like usually, if you say taste the seasoning, I might taste it five or six times, yeah, totally. just to make sure. Like, and I I think it's probably less the letting it sit, more of ooh, what did I really like about this? Oh, there was something about that because you had one on your desk the other day that I was like. This is a really good seasoning. I can't remember what it was, but it, I don't know either. <laughs> definitely something that I, I, I actually made a comment to you. Like, I think when I left, I said, whatever that seasoning was, I think I actually took a picture of it. Cause I was like, I'm going to get that one. Okay. I'll see if I can find what it was called, but it was, there was just something about that particular season that I like. Yeah. I find myself grabbing seasons that sound interesting. So my daughter's like, dad, we got to organize your seasons. He got like <laughs> a million seasonings here. And, uh, you know, it's just, I just grab something that looks interesting and I'll cook once or twice with it and then it just sits. And so now I'm trying to get better at, uh, using up a bunch of stuff that I just bought to try out. There you go. Oh uh, yeah. The boar's night. Yeah. I see. I, I just saw that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that barbecue rub was really good. Yeah. I just grabbed it to, to do some wings with and it was pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of wings. So one of my favorite foods that I like to experiment with seasoning. So it's definitely one thing to throw seasoning in your, in your hand, throw it in your mouth, throw your head back and kind of see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Definitely clear cut method. But I find myself using yucca. Oh yeah. As my test base for, for a new rub or a new seasoning. So I'll go out and get like a large yucca. Mm-hmm. I'll dump the seasoning on top of it, shake it around and then I'll just eat that. And, and I think it's because the yucca has such a, neutral but you know like a meaty base it really allows me to kind of experiment experience the seasoning um is there any foods that you tend to use at all or you enjoy like you know here's a new rub and trying out let me throw it on this or that or the other so um i i that's that's a good question um when when i when i make new rubs i i love i love chicken thighs i love chicken legs i I tend to uh do like a chicken roulade i'll get uh, a chicken boneless chicken thighs 
I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and season the center of it, season the outside of it, throw some potatoes, parsnips or whatever it is that I'm feeling like and tie it up and throw it in the oven. So I, I'll do mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but when, like, let's say I make, let's, I, I love, I make a Creole seasoning, super hot. Mm-hmm. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, I'll either do a Creole, uh, like a, 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 a steak, um, a cube steak dish. I'll go ahead and cut mm-hmm. all that good stuff up or I'll do a uh, chicken and I'll go ahead and fry the chicken skins inside okay. uh, with the, the, the Creole uh, blend. I, I, I just, I really enjoy chicken. I tend to just throw it on chicken thighs, see what's up, or I'll make wings, see what's up and just eat it back like that. Uh, Cause it's quick and easy to do. I don't have to wait a long period right. of time to cook them. It's like 25 to 45 minutes, depending on the quantity and the size of what right, I'm cooking. Right. So it's just yeah. one, two, three. I don't have to wait hours to really experience what I'm doing. So chicken is really kind of my go-to test ground. In yeah. How I go about things. I would agree with that too. Uh, Rod, do you have a favorite thing that you use? I don't think I've ever talked to you about that. No, I, no, no. I usually, and I don't, I'm not going to say it. It's not, I'm not implying I'm perfect on things. I typically am thinking about what type of dish I'm making. Like a good example, like if I'm making a gumbo, it's, there's some very typical profiles that you're looking for in a gumbo. So, um, I'm looking to get that. If I'm making, uh, etouffee, there's a different profile you're looking for that. So I, I think it's probably less about, and and again, this is like typical cooking and then you have barbecue. Mm-hmm. If I'm going for ribs, I'm looking for, am I looking for more of a dry rub approach or if I'm looking for more of a wet? I think for me, it's, it's not that I have a go-to. So you don't use a method or anything that you just say, yeah, I got a new rub because that we both bought the, you know, completely separately, but we both went to uh, Mason Dixon and they had a new rub that they were trying out and we yeah. both bought it. And, uh, the first thing I did was throw it on Yuka. And what did you do? You just made a burger with it immediately. Yeah. That, it's, it's that burger, uh, steak season one you were talking about. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that immediately went on burgers, but I also will say, and, and I, while I say it's usually what I'm trying to prepare, often it's because I'll look at something and I taste it. And I'm like, Ooh, this is going to be really good on a burger. Yeah. Or, Ooh, this will be really good with salmon. So, and you go right to it. And then I go right to that item. Cause, but it's also because I think that that seasoning will complement this particular item. Uh, so th- to me, that seasoning right there, there, that was 1 million percent a 100% a, a burger seasoning. There was, there's, and I, but I also would say, and this is the odd part. I saw it as a burger seasoning, not a steak seasoning. Like I would never put that on a steak. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. I, yeah. I know it sounds really odd. Cause you're like, you're both these, <laughs> dude, but I do think a steak has. I, at least I feel a slightly different uh, profile that I'm looking for. Completely. Than, um, completely. Uh, it was the Blue Hogs uh, Rodeo Rub. That's the one you're yeah. talking about, right? Yeah, 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 that's the one. Yeah, it that, was really good. I, but I did the same thing. I did. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't put it on a steak. I just because I, I like my steaks pretty much just salt and pepper. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and then that's it. Um, so, um, one of the things that I also love about this store is the multitude of peppers like you you guys have the the black pepper that i find to be my favorite which is that multicolored uh black pepper mix that you got the peppercorn mix that you guys have Mm -hmm. yeah so you know you know what what is the uh how how does that come about is just is it literally just grabbing the four different ones and putting it in there is is, is are those four different ones used for a specific reason so uh, uh, those, for that mix those those four different ones are used to kind of give you an idea of what all of the different uh 
peppercorns will do, as well as uh, that which is related to peppercorn, which is the, the pink pepper berry. So it, it's really about giving you a full gambit flavor of all uh, how those things mix together and what they can do in, in presentation. So uh, you have the black pepper, which is going to be the base of it because everybody knows black pepper. Everybody's familiar with such. Then you have the green pepper, which is going to be not as spicy. It's going to have a more vegetal profile. It's going to be almost mm. chivy. It's mm. really, really nice. But the pepper, the flavor of the pepper really is not present as much of the black as the black pepper is. Then you have the white mm-hmm. pepper, which like I said earlier on, briny. It does not have as much heat nearly as the black pepper does. It adds a, a nice, even more savory character to what's going on. And then you have that pink pepperberry, which is actually related to cashews. So it has a sweet profile to it. It's very, very nice. It's nutty. It's floral. And then you have a tiny hint of spice. As soon as that flavor is gone, it kind of hits the back of your palate. And that's that. So it adds sweetness into that profile. So if you're looking to have a more diverse uh, pepper blend in whatever you're using, instead of having that one note, you got four in there. Now, are there certain seasonings that you find like black pepper is really good, especially with barbecue, because yeah. it tends tends to survive the cook path and also creates that kind of crust that we all like on it. Are there certain seasonings that if someone says they're doing barbecue, you would try to get them to avoid, or do you not get that that detail with somebody in their in what they're trying to make? Well, when it comes to, uh, I, I really try to steer people away from avoiding things that they're looking for, um, unless it's just a contradiction in and of itself. Like if somebody's coming in looking for a salmon rub, and they're like, "Hey, what sugar would go good with the salmon?" It's like, "Wait, why do you want sugar? What's what's going on? I need more information on this." <laughs> but uh, a lot of people, when they when they come in, they have an idea of what they want. And I'm just trying to cater to that idea and give them flavors that are going to make whatever it is they're looking for pop much more or give them something that they're looking to, to, to have in their profile that they don't. Uh, one of my favorite things to tell people to add in is mace, uh, the fruit body that's around nutmeg. It adds a spice character. It adds a lot of savory character to it. And it also has that nutmeg cooling aspect. So that's a wonderful thing that you can put inside of Caribbean food, you can put inside North African food, Middle African food, Middle Asian food. It's going to add more depth than just quintessential nutmeg. So I try to steer people to the flavors that they're looking for with products of the like, rather than trying to steer them away from flavors. So of uh, kind of two questions I want to make sure, Chris, I don't know if you looked at their sugars, but they have monk, monk fruit sugars. Yep. Yep. Just if you didn't notice, because I know you like you do like like uh more my coffee with monk fruit yeah um but uh from your from if you were someone walked in and said i'm making a salmon i'm gonna make it on my smoker do you have a good seasoning blend you'd recommend i I mean i have my process which i tend not to like to change too much Mm -hmm. but i'm always willing to say i'll take a small cut and you put it on the side when i'm smoking something what is there something you'd recommend for somebody who was saying i'm just i'm open i want to try something out i know this you have like a northwestern salmon i was about to say uh, that guy i was going to say if you're looking for something to (laughs) smoke yeah that that, that northwest salmon rub it has a citrus profile to it there's a dehydrated uh, lemon peel inside of it so it has a great character it has a coriander blended it has dill it has a bit of salt inside of such the olive sea salt so it has a nice vibe to it overall so that citrus note you have brightness you have a good amount of spice from the coriander as well as that dill so it's going to be beautiful as far as getting that sea that that how do i say that that uh, uh, fishy flavor away from salmon and also if you're going to smoke it you have that bright character you have pepper inside of such. You have a bit of sugar inside of such. It's going to give you all of the flavors that you're looking for from a smoked dish and then some. 
But that's something that people really wouldn't see. Hey, I'm going to throw that on something I'm going to put on the grill or I'm going to put in the smoker because it just okay. doesn't come off like that. Very interesting. So I know I noticed um, you mentioned how certain seasonings hit you in different parts of your mouth, mm-hmm. you know, especially like the back of the palate. Um, and I don't know if people realize that uh, certain parts of their mouth react to seasonings differently and, you know, pick up the seasonings uh, differently. Um, so, you know, so I'm glad you uh, mentioned that in, in our conversation. So do you and this, you know, this is kind of a, you know, I, I don't know the answer to this, but do you have any idea that um, if like for barbecue, you know, which flavor, like which part of the palate fla- favors which type of cooking? If that makes sense. So, you know, barbecue, we, we do tend to go with our paprikas and then our, our chilies and then our peppers and stuff like that. You know, it's so all kind front of, of the mouth flavors, all front of the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, is that uh, is that informed as part of creating rubs and stuff like that? It's like I'm making barbecue. Um, I want to hit you in these zones because these are the zones you expect to have hit when you're making a barbecue. Does that is that is that kind of a thought process, or people don't really go that far? Of course, uh, uh, for me, yeah, I, I do that. If there's certain things that I'm looking to hit on my palate, I'll go ahead and add those things in. Uh, if there's things I'm trying to avoid, of course, I'm not going to do such. But if if I'm looking for a spicy barbecue rub, I'm going to use the seasonings that are going to hit me in the front of the palate more. I'm going to use uh, sweet. I'm going to use spice because sugar, alcohol, all of those uh, flavors hit you on the front tip of your tongue. All of those more spicy, savory flavors hit you in the middle and in the back of your palate. So if you're looking for something that's going to be more enjoyable from the jump, a lot of people tend to go with sweeter flavors or a lot of people tend to go with brighter flavors. A lot of people tend to go with things that are going to remind them of either baked goods or of really, really hearty meats because those profiles hit your tongue in the front and your mind goes crazy. And then it hits the middle and then it hits the back. And it's like, oh, those are very enjoyable. There's nothing lost on the map of your tongue in terms of what you're looking for. So if people want a, 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 if people want a savory dish, you're looking mm-hmm. for flavors that are going to hit you in the middle of your tongue. So salts, uh, duller peppers, like I was saying earlier on about the ancho. You could also use the ají amarillo. It's going to be sweeter and it's also going to be savory. So it's going to hit you in the front and the middle of your palate. So depending on the kind of flavor experience you want going front to back will depend on what ingredients you use and the quantity. So like I said, tasting is integral to understanding how you want to experience the flavors and the instinct. You have to taste all the way through. You have to be very, very thoughtful, very, very thoughtful. If not, you may be disappointed. And a lot of people tend to take shortcuts because, oh, I think I've done this. I think I've done that. Okay, so I'm good. I can just do this. And then disappointed with the end product. And, oh, this recipe didn't work. No, taste these things. See what you want. I can't, I cannot reiterate that enough. So let me see if I can help folks develop a base for the, for the different zones. So like number one base, like you like right out the gate, you know, you want to hit that first, the give that initial boom, mm-hmm. the uh, right out. Is it black pepper? Um, or is it like a, 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 a sweet? It's going um, to be a sweet profile. Go it's going to be a sweet profile. It's going to hit the front of your palate more. That black pepper is going to hit the middle of your palate. It's going to hit the middle of your tongue. So in okay, terms of so things that are going to affect you and your brain immediately, sweeter and brighter is always going to work. So if you have a pepper, that's going to be very sweet initially. Like I was saying, the ají amarillo, it's going to be good. You can have that as a secondary base. 
uh, to let's say onion, garlic, or that black pepper, and it's going to give you much more depth. Okay, so if you want to affect somebody right out of the gate, you got to go with sugar. Something you have to go with, you have to go with sweet or bright, so sweet or citrus. Okay, now the savory, which is one of my favorite profiles of any rub. Number one, is it going to be salt or is it going to be like an onion powder? So uh, salt is is a bit different than umami or savory. So salt is its own mm. flavor profile. So if, okay. if you're if you're looking for something savory, uh, you want to do something more like a, a pickling spice, something like cumin. Cumin is very, very, very savory. Uh, you want to do something like sage, something that you when you think savory, think about if you put it in your mouth, if that flavor steeps like tea. Yeah. So sage, so, very savory. Savory, the plant, very, very savory. So for me, savory makes my mouth water as I'm eating. Okay. So I kind of so that's that's uh that's a great way to put it, it's which is like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, just steeping like a tea. But I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It's like it's kind of like making a tea in my mouth yeah. because, as he just said, because like my mouth waters around the food that I'm eating. And I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, it's affecting me. And I do get the heat kind of hits me all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the show. Okay. That MSG has been talking to you, hasn't it? <laughs> well, because of him, honestly, <laughs> I stepped up my use of MSG. But I don't, you know, I, I, I started investigating other means to get that uh, umami flavor. Mm-hmm. So I know you can get it from certain mushrooms. Um, yep. And then, uh, but I'm glad he just mentioned the actual, you know, sage. I mean, uh. The savory mushrooms. Oh, God. Um, See, so, I yes, can't do no. mushrooms unless I'm seeing something after I eat them. I can't. Do that. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> hey, I do want to ask you one question. Um, and I know a lot of people will not buy it because the spice is just too expensive. But saffron, the one place I will always use, like, and mind you, you don't need a lot. Like, you really? might need four or five sprigs of it. I usually will make it with a risotto, yeah, which ooh, okay. I've been saying to myself, I need to make one again because I haven't made one in a while. Where, where is that a se- seasoning you see people come in a lot and buy, or is that not not too no, much as, as expensive as anything yeah. else? It's it's really expensive, and the the thing that people really only understand that I had to use it in is rice because they they yeah. see the the saffron basmati rice and they're like, oh, I can go ahead and make that. But saffron, excuse me, is thrown in a lot of dishes, uh, Middle Asian dishes. Uh, you can use it in uh, yeah. something that I, I make at home called habaj. Habaj is a Yemeni oh. seasoning. It's a savory, savory seasoning. The base is going to be turmeric, white pepper, as well as Aleppo pepper. It's very, very, very nice. You could always throw that guy inside of such and just beef up the profile. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, y'all are going to have to try some of my seasons. I'm going to be here talking about these things. Y'all, I'm going to have to give y'all some. Oh, we definitely Yeah, because we <laughs> We were uh, talking when you you said you had just whipped up a, a jerk season, so yeah, I, I definitely yeah. want to I definitely want to give that a try. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, Sorry, what was the name of the dish you said again? I want to I want to make sure I get the spelling right so I can include it. H a w a i j. H a w a i j. Have I h? All right. It's the savory version, not the sweet. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to try out uh, that jerk rub you did. Yeah, um, I, I got a, I got a whole then, I got a whole jar of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna stop in and grab grab some of that, What's that? and uh, What's that? make because because um I I did my first batch of ribs. I had one of my favorite taste testers come by yesterday and grab a bunch. Um, so I'm gonna give it another run uh, this week and try to get. And I'm really interested in perfecting this dry rub uh, for the jerk. So yeah, definitely want to give yours a run and right. see. 
Man, but, I, let's, oh, pardon me. Back on back back on that Havage, the, uh, the 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 saffron is gonna add a nice sweet floral character to all of that spice that's present in there, because there yeah. are also bird's eye chilies that are present, which have a nice floral sweet character to them in the middle of that pla- in the middle of your palate. However, that saffron is just gonna bump up the flavor of the peppers. It's gonna bump up the flavor uh, the floral aspects of the turmeric. It's just it's gonna be a nice how do I say a nice lifter. And what would you put that with? What, the halvage? You could do it with uh, yeah. fish or chicken or uh, goat, lamb, anything. Okay. I like it, I like it on uh, uh, chicken and goat. Okay. All right. Sorry, Chris, you were saying? No, I was just going to thank uh, Gabe for uh, hanging out with us, man, today. This, hey, man, this was... Man, this was a. I knew this was going to be an awesome conversation from the first time we met, and I, I had a, just a quick chat with you. I was like, "Nah, this dude's got to come on the podcast and help folks uh, learn more about seasonings and, and developing rubs and and stuff like that." Oh yeah, man, I appreciate um, it. Yeah. So, uh, do do you have a separate business that you do with your uh, helping folks with the uh, cannabis stuff like that? Yeah, uh, keepers cannabis coaching. Uh, I guess I do cannabis education all around uh, Frederick County. Uh, I teach private as well as uh, public classes at the library. It's all about making sure people get the correct information and they're not spending money on products that they're not happy with. Because there's hundreds of them out there, and a lot of people who are just starting out get not only overwhelmed, but they get discouraged. So I try to bridge that gap to make sure that folks know exactly what they're getting themselves into, how these things are going to affect them, and the potential benefits behind such short-term and long-term. As well, the infusion classes, uh, all kinds of stuff. My my services are are vast. You just got to call me up and ask. Very cool. Yeah, and I definitely want to have you back on so we can kind of delve more into the topic of using cannabis with uh, with barbecue. I think that would be a really interesting uh, path to, to take. Definitely, um, definitely. I got some strains in mind, too, that I've been thinking about. Uh, I actually have some things that I'm um, producing at the moment because it's legal now here in the state of Maryland. It's going to go inside of my food. So I'm very, very excited. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a path I'd, I'd love brownies, to. huh? No, all everything. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely got to travel this path together. This is this is going to be really cool to kind of test out and see, um, folks. If thank you so much for your support. Um, if you want to become a supporter of the show, hit us up on patreon.com forward slash barbecue and tech. Um, you can hit our store, go to barbecueandtech.com, and then the store in there, you can grab one of our t shirts or one of our cutting boards. Uh, or uh, one of our ashtrays that we make, um, you know, just and for the, you know anybody else, just keep listening, share out the show. Um, you know, we we love to continue to see the growth and uh, and just ha- keep having a good time um, with with these shows. And if you want to chat with us, hit when we have our Discord, you can jump in there, have some conversations. If you have some ideas of uh, rubs that you've used, we you know, we definitely want to hear that stuff too. Um, Rod, you good? I'm good, man. It was, uh, uh, as always fun. Uh, Gabriel, thanks for coming on. It was honestly really nice to have a good conversation with you and, uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. Ditto, man. This was a pleasure. I appreciate y'all's vibe. This was, this was awesome. Excellent. All right, folks, we out. Talk to you next week. Peace. Peace out.